Holy, 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 holy. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to Barking for Balance, the podcast where we talk about dogs, but we also talk about anything else that's meant to teach, inspire, and entertain. And this episode, my friends, is a really, really special one. Not only are we celebrating Italy's win in the European Soccer Championships, but here is my boy, Jordan Kern, joining me as a co-host. What is oh, going on, Jordan? Oh my God, Pat, you are too kind, and I am happy to be here on the Barking for Balance podcast. Long time awaited, but finally, viva Italia! I love the Italia. Yeah, Italia. Okay. Football is back in the native land and, and it, you know, balance is restored to the people of Italy. Are I couldn't be happier. Fan? Not at all. <laughs> Actually, 0% of me is a soccer fan, but a game like yesterday really makes me want to start. Did you even watch it? I did watch it. I jumped in right in the 83rd. We headed right to free kicks or penalty kicks, whatever they call them nowadays. Mm -hmm. And I was locked. I was locked in. And then someone missed and someone made it. And it was beautiful. And then Italians <laughs> won. And it was fine. And the, so you the really 20... don't give a shit about the game. You just won. The Not fight. at all. Like the fact Not that at all. Won. Yeah. I mean, the 50% of me. Well, this is the thing. I'm 50% Italian. Okay. So half of me was excited. Half of me was, wow, let's go. And the other What's half. What's the other of me, half? The other half of me is a nice blend of Scottish and, and English and all these other different blends. So you are torn because it was it was Italy against England and it Scottish was. and those and I, are all soccer teams. I'm cities, definitely def smudging me as English. So I guess you could say no matter who won the game, I was going to win, but I'm happy for Italy nonetheless. Viva, viva Italia! <laughs> for those of you guys that are watching over here and you can see the both of us, of course, sexy Jordan's face and even sexier, the Pac-Man. By the way, I am Pat the Pac-Man in case you haven't seen this podcast before and you got to watch it because we talk about all sorts of cool stuff and Jordan is funny and cool and awesome and we're going to have a bunch of laughs. But before we kick this off, you got to make sure you subscribe. Subscribe on all the podcast platforms, YouTube if you want to see our faces, but also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon and Spotify. Don't miss an episode of Barking for Balance, guys. It's going to be fun. And if you're watching us, I'm wearing my Italian soccer jersey because Forza Italia, yeah! yeah. <laughs> yes, and if you haven't liked and subscribed already, what are you doing? What are you doing? Get down there and do it. Um, happy you to heard be the back. man. Yeah, I'm happy to be here with you. Your jersey looks beautiful, that crisp blue, uh, and I couldn't be happy for you. Actually, this jersey I bought when Italy won the World Cup in 2006 as a commemorative uh, souvenir or whatever. And I wow. think this is the first time that I'm ever wearing it, just FYI. Very nice. Well, yeah. hey, I mean, you know, when in Rome. Or in Wimbledon. As, as of or the, in Wimbledon or Wimbledon or wherever that thing was. It was, it was exciting. It was, it was happy. Cool. It was cool. It was I mean, cool. I'm not a huge soccer fan as I was when I was growing up in Italy, but, you know, I still pay attention to my team. My team is Inter Milan, by the way. It's uh, my Italian uh, soccer team. That's hey, a, I have a quick question about soccer, if you don't yeah. mind. How does offsides work exactly? How does that happen? How does I honestly one become think, offsides? I think it's an annoying rule that really disrupts the dynamic of the game. It's I don't, I don't know how they haven't abolished it because it would be a lot more action, a lot more scoring if they did. But basically, it means that if you have like two players that are in line with each other, and the other opponent is behind that line, mm. that means that it's offside. So it has to be in line or, you know, like, like it basically he, the, the opponent can't be the closest one to the goal if the ball has not been kicked. So if the mm. ball leaves like, the, the, like a passer's foot 
and he's as long as he's in line with the other players, then if he's fast enough, he could blow right through them. But wow. until that point, the ball has, be that. has to be in line. So it's a wow. little annoying rule. And that's the guy with the flag and the whiss. Yeah, that's one of the, yeah, it's one of his his duties. The flag goes up when that happens. That's one of the, yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. That's what, like I said, it's one of the rules that really annoys me because it really kills the the, the flow of the game. It'd be a lot more action because that's one of the things that that bores me about soccer now. That's why I'm more into football than than soccer. Uh, And I just kind of still pay attention to my team Inter Milan, but, Mm. you know, watching it gets a little, a little tiresome. It's not like action packed like football. What is Inter, Inter Milan is the Italian team. This is the team that you grew up with. This is the team that you bonded with. This is the team that you've loved since day one. Not since day one. Like I, when I first moved to Italy, I wasn't into soccer at all. And then, you know, when I started making some friends, uh, they kind of got me into it and I picked Inter Milan. I'm not exactly sure why I picked Inter Milan at the time, but um, that was my team. They're black and blue colors, which is funny because actually this jersey uh, happens to be with black and blue, but um, and we're going to talk about some football because I know you're a big football fan too. You know, cool. that's that, what's up. Yes. No. Now you're talking my game. Yeah, football, now we're talk to to football. This is the football that I am very familiar with. Yeah. We, I mean, we, I have to, we have to talk a little bit about soccer, but not too much. So we're going to skip over that and get into like the real, you know, the sport that I really have a passion for, but like, you know, honestly, soccer was, is still a major part of my life. Um, I mean, it's, it's the sport that's like the most popular in the world for crying out loud. So there's gotta right. be some kind of value to it. But Inter Milan was my team. And then when I moved here, um, it's because of Inter Milan is why I became a Carolina Panthers fan. Wow. Because of the colors, wow. black and blue. Oh. Yeah, I picked the color. I picked the Carolina Panthers because of the colors. I know. I did not know that. That's why you are a Panthers fan. It's because when of I first the color moved, scheme. You know, when I went to college, I was following soccer, you know. But at the time, soccer was like extremely non-existent. So my friends were like, you know, you know, you got to get into like American sports. So I was like, all right, fine. And they were all into football. And they said, the first thing you got to do is you got to pick a team that you're a fan of. So I'm like, all right, fine. So what's the team that has black and blue colors? Because mm. I based it on my, my other team, you know, because I used to wear like black and blue all the time because I was like, you know, supporting the team kind of thing. Uh-huh. So I was like, what team is black and blue? And in 1995, the Carolina Panthers were just coming out and they said, there's this new team coming out you know, the Carolina Panthers Yes, and their colors are black and blue. So I was like, fine. I'm a Carolina black. Panther fan. So black. I went out and I bought myself a Jersey just to show nice. my allegiance. Mm. Right. I bought a hat, a baseball hat, just to show my allegiance. But if you were to ask me to name like one player on the team or what they did the week before, I would have no clue. I didn't even know like how did the game, the game worked. Yes. You know, like when they were telling, they were talking about like the a game and they, like one game ended with like three points. I'm like, how's that possible? Because at and least I, think, I knew that it was seven points was a touchdown. Right. And I think that's the beauty of football is that uh, a lot of people watch, don't quite understand the rules, but still find the beauty in it, still enjoy it for the game that it is. America's game and America's football. It's a beautiful thing. Anybody can gather around the fireplace. Family could turn on the TV. We could all watch a little fourth down, a little mm-hmm. quarterback sneak. Maybe some people know what's going on. Maybe some people don't. The Super Bowl. The Super Bowl, that's now, a good one. You also like baseball too, though, right? Yes, I am a very big baseball fan. I love the New York Mets with a passion, and inside of me is blue and orange. And does um, that transfer to basketball, blue and orange too, with the Knicks? Not a big basketball guy. Never got into it. Got cut from my eighth grade uh, team and then freshman year. So you holding a grudge, is that what you're saying? Absolute mistake, Mr. Chris, if you're listening. I have not <laughs> let that go. Uh, but yes, I got cut Wait, from who's all my Mr. Teams. Chris. 
He was a taller gentleman who was the coach of the freshman basketball team, and they only cut two people out of 20 that tried out, and I made the cut, um, got cut, and didn't make the team. But nonetheless, you know, maybe basketball wasn't meant to be. was never a good dribbler, and I just never really stuck. But okay. baseball, my game, been playing since I was a kid. Yes, I love the Mets, and I love the New York Jets. Wait, so it's- you would say your favorite sport is baseball, then football, or football, then baseball? Mm-hmm tough because i love them both so much but sometimes when one team is playing better than the other my love you know the percentages go up and down it's a fluctuation of love so right now my jets love is at an all-time low but filling in the gap of 100 percent would be the mets right now because the mets are playing great baseball uh, four and a half games ahead in nl east no one can complain we're scrapping together some wins season hasn't started yet Football season hasn't started yet, and I'm sure when that day comes, you know they'll back, uh, they'll even out again, and I'll be right back to football. And I'll but say, but if you had to the, pick a sport, which mm, one would be like at the top of your list? Not factoring in teams, nothing. Probably the probably baseball. I love baseball so much. It's such an interesting and beautiful game. Above football, it, above football, above. I love football so much. It's very entertaining. Uh, but baseball, when it is entertaining, which is some of the time, is very very entertaining. Now you're we're talking watching, playing, or both? Um, yeah, no, I love to play, um, but I love to watch as well, which is very uncommon. People, you know, often love to say they they'd much rather go to a game than watch a game home on TV. I can level with that, but I for one, um, I love watching baseball. I love enjoying and indulging on baseball, and it's a you know, it's different every time. It's like jazz. So if you had to watch a, a game on TV, you would pick a baseball game above a football game i would pick a uh, competitive end of the season regular baseball game uh, in a tight race for the division for sure yeah no no not factoring in anything specific like oh. if you're watching some just any game any game whatsoever yeah i'd pick baseball i'd pick baseball really yeah yeah i would wow i wish i could talk baseball with you but i i just i find baseball to be a cure for insomnia yeah, that's fine. Hey, I I understand it. It's uh, for the sophisticated. It's for the fine dining. You know, you need a, a taste. What do you What do you love about fa- like baseball that that you prefer it over like watching a football game? It's incredibly difficult uh, to hit a uh, a round uh, little ball traveling at hundred miles an hour. Um, you know, with a baseball bat that is of the same width. It's a very incredibly difficult thing. Uh, it, it's very hard to do it. You know, I feel like. Uh, People can run and be physical and do that. I'm not trying to belittle football. I love football uh, just as much, but I find there is a uh, a very unique skill set, a unique skill set needed to perform at a major league level in baseball, and I find that marveling. That's fair. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. And you find that exciting above like the excitement of like a football game. Football is like a very different kind of exciting. It's a physical excitement. It like riles you up. It gets people aggressive. It gets people energized. Uh, whereas baseball is not really like that. Baseball is a game of, of patience and grit and endurance and, and all those different kinds of athletic attributes that are not discussed enough, I feel, in football. Football is very like, you know, stop and go. Uh, baseball is as well. I'm not trying to conflate the two, but baseball is just a, a different kind of animal. But it's very, it's very funny that you mentioned that you're a Panthers fan and I'm a Jets fan. And these two teams have something very interesting in common with one another. And what we've might tra- that be? We've created quarterbacks. You've got our dirty laundry now. Good luck with him. He's a lost cause. Um, Come on, we- we're banging your ex-girlfriend. Don't be jealous. 
Taker, Taker. Listen, listen, someone's trash is somebody else's treasure. Don't forget that. Yeah, no, that's true. I think Sam is a very talented individual and he needed a change of environment. And I think Carolina is the perfect place for it. But not going to say those things come week one. Shouldn't even be saying them now, the true Jets fan that I am. Week one is very interesting because it is Panthers Jets in Carolina, a face-off of the old buck versus his old team versus the new buck. It's going to be interesting, man. It is going to be very interesting and one that I'm very excited for. I'm we got to make some plans to like get a big giant group together so we could oh, fight yeah. each other at the end of the game. Regardless That's exactly of right. Yeah. Uh, you know, that black and blue is going to extend up a little north. Okay. If you guys start beating us, hey, listen, I'm going to have to do the beating on you. A, bad booted it, It's all right. We'll bring some band-aids to like, you know, Butita. keep the blood down. So, um, you know, Pat doesn't know this. I'm surprising him with this on the air. But in order to celebrate uh, Italy's big win, I have written down five Italian phrases that I am going to try to speak to the best of my availability. And mm-hmm. then Pat is going to uh, recite it back to us. I, I, I can copy. Wait, wait, wait. You're going to say them in myself. English or you're going to say them in Italian? I'm going to say them in Italian. Now, guys, I am Sicilian. I don't speak Italian fluently at all. Uh, but I try my best. You know, I've been listening for my grandmother my entire life, but none of it has registered with me. I know bits and phrases and bits. Uh, but you know, so, on this podcast, we speak Sicilian quite a bit. So, you know, you can learn some stuff. Parlamo Siciliano. Questo è il modo in el cul si fa il farmigio. Oh, hold, hold on. Start that all over again. Get closer to that mic. I want to hear this. Questo è il modo in cui si fa il farmigio. Okay, you pronounce it a little bit Spanishy. Ooh. What does that uh, mean, Pat? Well, your accent at the end was a little more Spanishy. Okay. You, you try to like to combine the two, which is cool. Maybe. But I got the point. What did I say? You said this is how you grate the cheese. This is how the cheese is grated. Very nice. Awesome. Say it, say it again. Say it one more time. Esto el modo en el crisifa el farmajo. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Nice. 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 Um, but yeah, no, I love uh, football. I love the Jets. That's the last. Uh, that's it? That's it. So wait, so you basically, you just brought up cheese. I am fucking starving because I don't know why. Every time I shoot these podcasts, I have to eat and I always forget. And mm-hmm. then I'm starving. And then I petito. It's, it's so annoying. And all of a sudden, I start fantasizing about oh. all sorts of foods, like oh, especially with Italy winning, all sorts of like Italian mm. specialty. One of my favorite happens to be right arancine. Rice balls are my favorite. One of my f- speaking of which, have you ever had a rice ball? Oh, mozzarella! Yes, I have had a delicious rice ball from Sergio and Co. Deli in Danville, New Jersey. What about your grandmother? You said your grandmother's Sicilian. She never yeah, make she rice makes balls? them. It's not her stuff. She's a sauce lady. She's a she's a sweet peppers kind of lady. Uh, you know, she does all of the classic hits. Rice balls, I feel like, is a little bit uh, foreign to her. She's made them. They're good. But we got a deli just down the block. They do everything au natural. And it is delicious. It is divine. It comes with a little cup of marinara. What do they and put inside of them? I think it's just like rice, maybe a little ricotta, maybe a little bit of moots. A nice uh, coat All right, let me stop you breading. right there. Let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right uh, there. Oh, boy. What kind of words are you saying? Because you're speaking a foreign language right now. Right. Yeah. I was just uh, a blends of cheeses, of delicious uh-huh. cheeses. What kind of cheeses? Because you mentioned two cheeses that I'm not very much aware of. What were they Mo- again? It's a, a mozzarella. 
is uh-huh. okay. uh, the that name got, of the okay. one. Right. And the other one is ricotta. Aha. Uh-huh. Now ricotta. I understand you. Ricotta cheese. Yeah, I thought I needed like one of those pocket translators or something. Yeah, but they're big. They're not your regular rice ball size. They're almost the size of a softball. Oh, so shit. it's not a rice baseball. It's a rice softball. Oh, so you're really getting so that's a bang you for like your them. buck. Five ninety-five a pound. Damn. Delicious. I highly recommend it. Um, but they're great. They're lasting. Great flavor. Great crunch. You know, I like a good crunch on my rice ball. Mm. I like it to be nice and crunchy. I like that coating of breaded crumbs of goodness to be nice and. If I was to snap it in half, it'd be like opening a coconut. Oh, man. Oh. My mother makes amazing ones, and my brother-in-law makes great ones, too. But the traditional Sicilian, there's two types. One of them that's stuffed with the chopped meat and peas. Ooh. And the other one that's like a bechamel sauce. Oh. It's got, like, they think little chunks of ham, little chunks of mozzarella, and, like, this little, like, creamy sauce in it. And those are, like, in the shape of a pear. Those oh. are actually really, really amazing, by the way. What kind of diced meat goes in there? Like chopped meat, just like regular, like a, like a bolognese type sauce, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like meat sauce mm-hmm. with peas and all that kind of good. So very, oh, very simple and plain. Um, and what's the other kind? The, so what? The other kind of rice ball. The other one is like a, like a, like a bechamel type thing. It's like a mm. creamy sauce. It's got like little chunks of uh, like ham. Mm. Um, I think little chunks of mozzarella cheese in there too, mm. if I'm not mistaken. That was nice. not really my, my biggest one. The traditional one, that's the bomb. That's, that's the, the bomb. That's the one that's Yeah, delicious. that's the one that I just, oh, my God, thinking of them balls is just making me want to, mm, mm, mm. oh, my God. That didn't, that didn't sound good the way I just said it. Did balls. It? Thinking of them no, balls. No, it didn't sound okay. good. I am hungry, but also starving. And uh, all this talk of rice balls and crunchiness has gotten me very, very hungry. With all yeah, the we're going to have to uh, do some segments while we're eating and talking. And Speaking this way, of balls, let's steer this back to being a dog. Tell me about dog balls. Do dogs have dog balls? balls? Do dogs have balls? Uh, yeah. Are you sure about that? Because all the dogs that have been in my house have had no balls yet. What the hell are you talking about? They don't have balls. You have ball? I hope you mean like they've been neutered, I'm assuming, right? I will. Is that what they call it? I have dogs that are ballless. They don't contain the rice balls. They... Okay. Um, are not there for whatever reason, which is confusing because they are gentlemen. Okay. Well, how's no, they, they definitely have them. I mean, if depending on where you get them from, like with, depending if you get a dog from like a rescue or whatnot, then they'll spay and neuter them for you. Spaying is mm-hmm. like the female, they remove the female contraptions and the males is the neutering where they remove the balls basically. Oh, so they cannot and, reproduce. And this is and when you get a dog, sometimes they make you do this, right? Yeah, most rescues actually make you do it. I mean, you know, there's a lot of like variations. I don't know what, you know, what you think and you tell me about your opinion about it, but there's a lot of like different um, interpretations and misconceptions about the whole spay and neutering concept. And when it comes to it, the bottom line is that um, there's so much more value in, in getting it done, not just from the dog perspective, individual dog perspective, from a physical slash behavioral uh, component but also just from a dog or not just even dog. It's just animal population. Like that's why there's so many like cat rescues that are like new, you know, trap cats to, to, to neuter them. Um, this way they don't continue to reproduce and you have like tons of kittens running around all over the place, you know? So the concept of spaying and neutering is, is, is super important. Um, but when it comes to like the dog side, a lot of people just don't, um, don't understand it or just don't give a shit. And the, the, the bottom line is that the value to it is tremendous. So like on the physical side, what ends up happening is like whether you're spaying, neutering with male or female, 
uh, there are studies that stay that say that uh, they're more prone to to, uh, to to cancer in those particular areas if you don't um, spay or neuter them, you know, early. Really? Is that that's why? Supposedly, yeah, yeah, that's 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 the case. I mean, from from a from a behavioral standpoint, it's a fact that it's it's a problem because you know you got to remember that. And, and, and this is this is the behavioral side exclusively that, that I like to focus on. But again, the whole big picture is really what what I think people need to be, um, you know, really educated on is, you know, dogs go through the different stages of life. So after that eight month mark, they're no longer puppies, they're adolescents, right? Mm. So at that adolescent stage, you know, you've been there, um, you start to have urges, you yes. know, and then you transition into the teenage days and those urges intensify. So Time people that, reproduce. Yeah, they got to like do their thing. So, you know, dogs, they, 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 uh, they mate twice a year. Mm. So if they are not having those needs met, then they become frustrated, especially the males. They just become frustrated because they're not getting those urges released. Right. So they tend to become aggressive. They tend to become destructive because they're finding a way to just get rid of all that pent up frustration. Wow. They're wow. frustrated ponies. You know what yeah. I mean? Hey. They want to do a little bingity, bingity, bingity. You know what I mean? Hey, we've all been there. Hey, we've all I'm been saying. at that stage where, you know, you get a little bit frustrated and you just want to punch and you want to kick and you want to punch someone or maybe a wall. You know, we've all been there. Everybody's been frustrated every now and then. Um, but I'm confused. So removing the balls then takes away that uh, desire to you know, that desire of relief, that kind of sort of thing. Yeah. Because it does, they don't have those urges, the hormones, the testosterone doesn't, doesn't fluctuate. So it's, it's gone, you know? Yeah. And so one of the reasons why, like if you're dealing with a dog who's older and then you get them neutered by the time, like they're aggressive, their brain is already stabilized at that point. So now their habits are already in place. So what I always tell people is let's lower that testosterone level. Let's lower those habits. Let's get that brain in a different state of mind. Then you do a little snip snip. And mm -hmm. now there's no building up again, because if you're, if your goal and a lot of like people, men in particular, they feel like it's just disrespectful to, to the dog. You know, like they, they perceive it like from a manly perspective, you know, you cut off their balls and it's different. It's different. You know, from a dog perspective, it calms them down. It prevents them from, again, developing those issues. So it has nothing to do with any kind of like, you know, ego or, or machismo or any of that kind of shit. But the bottom line is that if you, if you don't want to do it, you know, not factoring in, if you don't care about the physical and you have no intentions of breeding your dog, right. Then you got to make sure that this dog is exhausted. So you got to put in the time because that's the only way that he's not going to like want to, again, release those urges. Right. You know, he's just too tired. He's going to like go to like go to bed. Right. You right. know, like, like somebody's wife who just says like, you know, I'm too tired. I have a headache. and I just want to go to sleep. So the removal, though, of those very crucial, uh, you know, hormones and balance and, and things that are going on inside of a dog's body that have been going on the same exact way for such a long time that has gotten the animal that we see today, right? All this evolution and everything. How does, by removing all of those, um, you know, uh, things, right? All, all those appendages to some dogs and animals, how does that not mess up with their development, with their behavior, with everything like that? How does that like keep an even killed dog? You know what I mean? Like, wouldn't that totally alter everything about them? The psycho imbalance, chemical imbalance or anything like that? doesn't impact them at, at all. Actually, it benefits them again is because it removes something that they don't have to worry about or they don't have to uh, uh, their instincts aren't being triggered by because you got to remember 
the instincts are simple. It's eating, sleeping, finding shelter, reproducing. That's really all they got. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. So, you know, they, they, some, you know, they need a, a need to fulfill, to feel fulfilled, to do something productive mentally and or physically. This kind of just cuts it off. No pun intended. Right. It just cuts it off oh. altogether, you know, and, and there's like these new, new wave of doing things now, because back in the day, it used to be at the six month mark is when you get your dog or pet. I, I mean, I'm not exactly sure if the cat world works the same, yes. um, but, you know, you neuter and spay at the six month mark. Now there's these new ways of doing things and new ways of thinking where it's, you know, you let them go through their first cycle. You let them do this and that. And the other thing, I'm not a big believer in that. I, I'm an old school kind of guy. I like to do mm -hmm. these old school ways because again, once we, they transition into the different stage, the body changes, the hormones change, but I've never seen any, like both of my dogs were spayed and neutered um, when they were six months, there's been no physical issues, you know, right. like some bigger dogs, they say like King Corsos or Rottweilers or whatever, you know, neuter them when they're like eight months to a year. So this way the bones develop, listen, socks is a pit bull. He was spayed and I'm sorry, he was neutered earlier. There is no bone or muscular issues whatsoever. So, you know, the benefits of it is, you know, it creates a calmer state because again, it, it prevents those, those excite, those excited urges. Yes. You know, again, that's the good word to use is urges. Mm -hmm. You know, you're a guy, you know, I'm sure you understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm a guy, I mean, you know, yes, we we're not going to talk about that. Otherwise we have to put like a different rating on this episode, but it's exactly uh, right. <laughs> but, you know, we understand what we're saying. And by preventing that, it doesn't allow them to go into those modes of a frustration is the best way I could explain it. Right. You know? Um, and the, um, for the female dogs and even cats, how does that work? I, I can imagine the boys, it's a very simple process because everything is, is right in view. Um, but do you know how that works exactly for the female dogs? Is that more of an in-depth kind of procedure, uh, to have that completed? I think it's basically the same thing, to be honest. I'm not exactly sure the technicality. I could tell you from my personal experience, uh, I mean, my, the only female dog that I've had is Pepper. Right. And she was done uh, not with the incision. She was done with the laparoscopy, laparoscopy, whatever the hell it's called. It's basically like the laser. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I'm assuming they remove whatever, whatever needs to be removed. Cool. You know, but it was done via the laser. So maybe it was burnt off or something. I'm not exactly sure. I do know that wow. the recovery stage of that was considerably less mm -hmm. than whether it was done through, you know, the traditional incision method. Mm -hmm. you know, just as effective. Again, she's as healthy as a horse, no issues. Um, so I'm, I, you know, I don't think that there, there was a, a problem with it. You know, there's actually a lot of organizations that are, you know, that, that help people. Um, cause obviously it's, you know, it costs money to get it done. So there's organizations that, that do it because that's how important it is. And it's not just, um, and I, and I want to hear your opinion on this too, Jordan, you know, it's not just the, the, the specific, like I said, the individual dog itself. Do you have any experience with, with like spade and neutering stuff? Speaking of which, so, uh, you know, I do know that the, do the only dog that we have, Bo, um, we took him to go and get his procedure done and he came back the same day and everything was fine. And he had to wear a cone for about a week. Um, but now it's very funny. Not this is a little weird. He's a white dog. So everything kind of stands out against his white fur and everything. But if you look in that spot, there's like a little kind of green mark, like someone with a Sharpie um, just like wrote a little line right there. And I'm assuming that's must have been where the procedure took place. Yeah. Um, but I remember it to be a pretty uh, seamless thing. And he didn't seem to know um, what was up in terms of how I stand on it. I understand both sides. 
Um, but you know, what is sad, I feel is dogs get better with time. And with time, your love for dogs grows and it grows and it grows. Um, you know, after a couple of years with a dog, be befriending a dog and loving a dog, sleeping with a dog, all the things that people do with dogs, um, you have such an affinity for this animal. Um, at least for me, this is how I feel that I, I look at my dog and I go, you would be such a great father. Be what? I say, I say, you know, to my dog, you would be such a great father. And I'm so sorry that this is the way that the world is. And you are denied that opportunity. You, my friend, you have given me so much joy in my life. And I only want to give you the opportunity to then go to your children and give them the same thing. Now, when you Again, say this, this is with my dog, the, this is how the world is. What, what do you mean? Like uh, in terms of what the, you know, appropriate thing to do is what, what is socially acceptable, you know, cause well, God is it forbid socially acceptable or is it just, well, okay. Because I, of like, like irresponsible people that are kind yes. of causing that. Right. I understand that. I understand the health benefits and everything that goes into it. Um, you know, if they say that it's going to let my dog live, you know, five, six years longer than he naturally would have, then that's totally fine. And that's more time I get to spend. Um, but at least I feel like it is a kind of a denial of evolution. You know, these animals were made to reproduce. They were made uh, to mingle and do what these, because they were wild animals at one time. We have dociled these, and I don't know if that's a word, but we have definitely domesticated, domesticated. these um, animals to our lives. Um, so they're adjusting with us every generation. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, you know, I, I have mixed opinions about it both. But again, I, I already see other dogs, friends, dogs, family dogs that are just the most amazing creatures you've ever met. Yeah, like you, you would be they would be such good fathers to a, a, a rut of pups. I would love to have a bunch of little bows running around my house. Yeah. I love that boy and I want some more of him. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you 100 percent. The problem that I have with it is not the socially acceptable part. It's the human responsibility part. Yeah, because people utilize that in an irresponsible fashion and you know, again, you're not in the rescue world. So there's two components to it. First of all, it's the irresponsible um, mating for money purposes, right? What do you mean? Like, like people will mate dogs just to make money. Oh, wow. It's not like what you were talking about where you, what you were, the way you were described, like for example, socks, my, my boy sock, there is nothing more than I would love is to take those, that gene pool and create more socks. Right. Yes. Nothing more than I would love that. But you know, now I have all these puppies, I have to do something with them. That's fine. I keep them all. I continue the gene population of the socks. That's one right. thing. Right. The problem that most people utilize this, this for is for money. Right. It's all about the money. So they make the money. Right. The other part of it is the overpopulation of it. Because again, it goes back to people being irresponsible you you never see you never you don't see as much of the bad stuff that i do with all the rescue organizations that i'm affiliated with the amount of like dumped puppies and kittens too just overload dumped 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 if there was some kind of like a control system to not like overdo it overpopulate then it would be a different story right but without it it, it just it would they would it would just be like like overkill. It's it's very interesting because we live in a world where um, the puppy or the kitten 
is a sought after item all over social media, all over everywhere. People love to put little pictures of sweet little kittens and little puppy boys and laying down and having all the puppies lick your face and everything. People want that. People yearn for that. The amount of people who would cut off their left hand just to have like a kitten of their own or something they've been denied for a long time. But on the flip side in this country that there's such an overwhelming amount of these things that are just cast aside, they're just dumped, they're left on the side of the road or whatever they do. Mm -hmm. uh, but meanwhile, there's, you know, thousands, if not millions of people who would die for these creatures and give them all the love and joy they need. It's incredible. It's very sad, honestly. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that there was, you know, that the dog populations were, were flourishing and that there's this abundance for puppies that are just cast aside like that. Yeah. Because again, you got these people that don't spay and neuter their pets. They bring them together. And again, their instincts are to do that. I mean, that's just what they do, but also you got to remember, they're not like humans where they create like one, they right. create like eight. Yes. And then they'll mingle with each other too. So it just, the, the population just explodes. And you know, it, it, it's sad because, you know, people have that and they'll just toss them in the street. I mean, it's, I'm not even going to get into it because it's just very pathetic, but the, not good. Yeah. And no, it's not good at all. It's don't want to talk about that. No. And but it's, it's pathetic um, where it's just a little bit of snips and you move on. And, and one of the other issues is like, and I talk about this on a previous podcast about, you know, rescuing or buying, you know, I'm not a, um, a, a believer either one. You know, if you have a specific type of dog, even though there's specific rescues that cater to a specific breed. I mean, I just found out the other day, one of my clients is a, is a, a white German shepherd uh, fan and she doesn't want to buy one. She wants to rescue one. And I'm like, I don't, you know, you could go to a German shepherd rescue. I actually found two German shepherd um, rescues that specialize in white German shepherds. What? I was really? shocked myself. I had no idea white german okay. shepherd specifically so you could find rescues that specialize in any kind of breed but if you want to go to like a specific breeder for a particular dog i'm not against it but you got to go to a breeder that respects the dog and respects the breed most people go to like the amish for example the amish are just puppy mills mm. they're just churning puppies churning for mm -hmm. money and then mm -hmm. they take the mother and the father dump them to a rescue and those dogs i've worked with a few of these dogs their trauma, right. their psychological trauma is just shocking. Wow. It, it's just sad. It, you just want to cry when you see in what conditions these guys are in. And the puppies don't, don't come out, you know, it takes a little bit of time. You know, pet stores, same thing. They come from puppy mills. So I'm not against going to, you know, I, I'm not against buying a dog. I, not, not, not at all. But you just got to do it with those people that are not doing it for the money. Yeah. You know, like I work with a client who um, has a French bulldog. And at one point, French bulldogs, I don't know if that's still the case, but they were on the rage. Like almost every single phone call I was getting was about a French bulldog. Mm -hmm. And one of my clients bought a French bulldog. Uh, I'm not even going to tell you how much they paid for him, oh but God. they bought him from this guy who's just a, some guy in, a, in his backyard neighbor. And he used to breed pit bulls, which I don't understand how that even worked. You breed pit bulls, but whatever. Whoa. He decided he was going to breed French bulldogs because you can make a shit ton more money right breeding French bulldogs and this dog God only knows what the other ones were but this dog has medical problems like you can't even imagine oh my god thousands upon thousands upon thousands of, of, of dollars per month 
And this dog is, and they just will not give up. They will not give him up. They're just fighting through it and God bless them. Um, But that's, that's a rarity with this amount of, of money and this amount. And they, people treat it like a commodity, like they'll bring them back and I want another one. And, you know, it's like, you just bought a pair of shoes or something. You know what I mean? It's I would sad. love to, I would love to talk to a doctor who like deals with that. Like how hard does it have to be to be a vet? You know, you go to school for how long and then you work at a hospital like that. And then you have these dogs that come in that are just complicated. They're complicated from the get go. Yeah. Um, you know, nothing that uh, natural medical examination can solve or any kind of medication can solve. It's just the interbreeding or the crossbreeding or, yeah. uh, you know, all the things that go on in those kind of puppy mills uh, that creates, um, you know, very unfortunate circumstances for some types of dogs and buyer beware, like you had said to all those people out there who are willing to uh, pay an arm and a leg to buy a dog. Just like you said, I think the important thing to take away um, from your spiel is buyer beware, you know, do your research, do your back study, make sure that where you're going is a reliable place and that they know what's up and they do it right and buy the book um, and that everything checks out. And it's not just, you know, some yeah, there's a lot of benefits to to getting like like mixed breeds. Like you know, the, the new wave is like everything is mixed with like the they're they're, they're called designer dogs, mm-hmm. which is basically they're super expensive mutts. I mean, you know, really spe- like golden doodles. I'm sure you've heard them. Golden doodles, labradoodles, like they're designer breeds. You buy them at a breed with a breeder. They're wow. basically mixed breeds, and I have nothing against them, but it's this this new American fad that's been created where these are the dogs that used to be found at a shelter because they were just mutts. Right. Now right. they're becoming this new, you know, we're creating this new species, this new niche. People like it. It's bougie to get a golden doodle. I've yeah, seen like too you have many, many golden, golden doodles. doodles, regular size golden doodles, giant golden doodle. Like this just mm. is just all over the place. Right. You know, and again, I'm not against it per se, but you know, it's, 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 it's manipulating the breed it's manipulating the dogs, you know, cause like, like mixed breeds, um, you could get good, healthy dogs that are mixed as opposed right. to like, like a purebred that has inherent issues like German shepherds, for example, are prone to hip dysplasia. You wow. get a German shepherd that's mixed with something else. It lowers that hip dysplasia thing. You know what I mean? Right. So, so there's, there's, there's a lot of, of benefits to it. And to be honest, you know, when you're, when you're spay and neuter, you're, you're saving lives because you're not, you know, creating more, more and more dogs. That's why rescues and shelters, you're mandated when you adopt the dog from them to make sure that either they do it for you or because some jump shelters are so strict that even if a dog is like, even before the six month mark, like two, three, four months, they'll spay and neuter them before him, before they even give them to you. Right. They just don't trust people to do it so then how you know if if they do do it like that then how are people able to still get dogs that can breed and like have those puppy mills and everything how do they get those dogs if everywhere you can get them you know they force you to get them spayed and neutered you you buy them you know i mean if you're rescuing a dog normally you can't because you're going to get them and you're going to be again mandated to do it like legally they'll have a kind of contract by this month you have to have it done or whatever right 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 um most not cheap it's not cheap to get that done either, right? It's like four, five, six hundred bucks. Yeah, but again, there's also organizations that help with that. So you could go like to these places and you could get it done for free. Some places even for free, or some places even for like a considerable oh. amount of less money. So there's there's ways around know. it where it can save you money. Oh, cool. I don't cool. know if insurance has covered that. I'm not sure. Mm. But there's ways around it. Mm. Cool. You know? But um, but yeah, so 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 it's 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 a huge benefit 
to the animal population. Again, you see, I don't, you know, see these, all these kittens running around, just spay and neuter the cats. People do that. That's what these rescues do. They trap and, 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 you know, neuter and spay the cats and then they release them and they're back in the wild. Mm -hmm. They're back Mm -hmm. in the wild, but at least they're not, you know, procreating. How the hell did we get into this from rice balls, by the way? I don't even know. How did, I think we made the connection from balls with rice in them to balls with no rice in them. And we just made that, we made that quantum leap and then we got all down the rabbit hole. But all the things you said are so interesting. I feel like, you know, we talk about dogs or just people regularly talk about dogs, but like no one really talks about spade and neutering. Like I honestly didn't even know how that worked or at all. You know, it's a big deal. That's why like, like a lot of rescues and shelters, they consider you or anybody, you know, who, 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 um, what do you call it? Spays and neuters a pet. They consider Mm -hmm. you a hero because like, if you spay and neuter one dog, you have saved like thousands of dogs within a one year period. So they oh, could wow. call you like, you're like a hero to wow. them. Cause there's hero. so many people that are against it that the, the few that are willing to do it, that are willing to put their ego aside, they look at you like a hero, like a superhero. You know right. what I mean? So, so we're all superheroes here. We're all superheroes. You know, mentioning hero, I have a phenomenal story about dogs and heroism that I would like to share not only with you, but all the people who are listening to the podcast. And before so, you get to that, guys, ooh, Jordan's like, going to be on quite a few more episodes of this podcast. So yes, make sure you subscribe. Yes. Apple Podcasts, Google yes. Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. You don't want to miss out. Barking for balance, guys. What are you guys. waiting for? What are you waiting for? Go and do it already. If you're on YouTube, then subscribe. And if you're on Spotify, then do whatever Spotify will let you do to, to stay here and to follow. Or I don't even know what it is, but do it. And this is a little bit of a serious episode. We're not having like a bunch of like banter and jokes and yeah. stuff going on. This yeah. was like a very, very, you know, PB, PBA or PBS or, or whatever the hell that shit was called. That's right. That's right. Public we, service we, announcement. We, we're all different speeds. Sometimes we're going 75 down the freeway and sometimes we're taking the back roads. Fuck sometimes yeah. we're stopping a little too long at stop signs. We're taking our time. We're looking left and right and left and right twice. You know, we're taking, it is what it is. Okay. But stay along and you'll enjoy the ride. Now. Um, you just said hero, all this talk about heroism and everything. So yes, I have an amazing story, um, about a dog and being a hero and all that jazz. So this spay and neuter related or not at all has nothing to do with spade or neutering of any sort. Okay. So, um, my, uh, dad's, uh, girlfriend, right. She has a dog named Adobo. Adobo is Adobo. like Adobo, like after the spice, right? So she was actually adopted from the Philippines as an infant, right? And Adobo is like the native spice or something. It's like very popular in the Philippines. So she named him after the spice that everybody puts on. But their we don't know what veggies. Adobo is, obviously. We don't know what Adobo. Well, Adobo is a spice. No, no, I'm talking about the dog. The dog Adobo. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's like brown. He's like a Rottweiler, like a pit bull um, mixed with something else. Like, I don't even know exactly what it is, but so he's, he's on so the bigger nice. side. He's on the, no, no, not that big. He's like maybe like mm, foot and a half tall, two feet tall. I don't know how to measure dogs. He's okay. a regular sized dog. He's <laughs> really right. good. And he's a little bit older now. So he's past his prime. But um, I think it was just about maybe like six years ago, seven years ago. Um, he was on a hike with Lydia's son, Mike, and his father, Mike's father. Lydia and, is your father's fiance. Yes. No, no, no. Um, her actually ex-husband at the time. Oh, okay. they were on a hike. And but Lydia is your father's fiance. Though. Li- yes. Got it. They were on a hike around Split Rock, 
and there were a couple other friends there and they, all these guys are boy scouts and they've, you know, they're just going on a hike. Um, anyway, so they're walking through the woods and um, Mike's dad actually sees a cave that he had once gone in when he was a kid, right? He had grown up in the area. He had been into this cave many a times as a kid, screwing down in there and looking around and things like that. Um, so he wanted to go and explore the cave. Um, so Adobo's there, the kids are there. So he goes up to the cave while the kids are down below and he crawls in just like old times. And all of a sudden there was actually a bear in that cave that got a hold of him and got started, a hold of who? Got a hold of Mike's father actually. So he was in the cave with the bear. And so there's a little bit of struggle and he was in there for Wait, a when little you say bit. got a hold, like literally got like, a hold. Oh my, there was, there was a bear. Wait, who's Mike? That was Lydia's ex-husband. Mike is Lydia's son. Oh, okay. Mike, her okay. youngest son. She has How two old? children. He, at the time he must've been 11 or 12 or 13. And excuse me if I'm wrong on that, but yeah. So they were on a hike around Split Rock and um, it was so one adult and like four kids that are all like 11 or 12 on a hike. And he actually, there was a bear. He didn't know it was in there, but I guess since his younger days as a kid going into this cave, right? Things had changed and this bear had found a new home in this cave, oh, fuck. right? I know. So, and it was like a black bear, like really intense. So the kids are down below and they see this happen and they're like, they're freaking out. Obviously oh, they actually they're trying. watched it happening. He was, uh, he, he like had walked up a hill and they were down below on the trail still. Some, I wasn't there again. So I may get this all wrong. This is just what's been told to me. Um, anyway, so he gets pulled into this cave, right? With this bear. pulled into, oh my God. And the whole time the kids are freaking out. They're trying to figure out what to do. Adobo is kind of just looking around like, you know, like you said, he's always looking for people's energy. He doesn't know what to do. Um, anyway, so 30 minutes go by. 40 minutes go by the kids have, you know, they don't have a cell phone. They have no one to call. They're kind of like a mile down this hike, kind of like stranded. Right. And there's no one really walking by. It's kind of like a remote area um, out here on split rock reservoir. If you've ever been to split rock reservoir in Rockaway, um, it's huge. Right. So there's all these trails to walk and everything. So they're really out there and they don't know what to do. So the boys actually get together and try to create a fire, try to create some smoke so that somebody can see them. Or maybe if they get a hold of someone or if someone walks way, by, someone can see the smoke. And, and Mike were in the cave. But the bear and Mike's father were in the cave. Yes. Okay. For all of this time. Uh, and, uh, you know, whether it would be fighting or the, I don't know what the bear was. And nobody doing, knew what was, the hell was going on. No one knew what was going on. People, I guess you could hear. Again, I wasn't there, but I guess you could maybe hear what was going on. But the situation was tense, obviously. So the boys get together and try to create a fire. Right. Okay. All the meanwhile with the dodo. So they're all looking down at the ground. Right. While they're trying to create a fire while Mike is down there trying to create a fire and Mike's father is actually in the cave with the bear. So everybody's freaking out. Obviously, anxiety is at an all time high. They don't know what to do all of a sudden. So they're down looking at the ground, trying to create a fire and the bear emerges out of the cave. And they're like maybe 20 or 30 feet away from the kids. Now, Adobo, right, the dog sees this bear and runs up to him and starts freaking out, starts barking and going crazy and not attacking the bear, but like staying far enough away to just scare it. So the bear ran away straight up the hill, out of sight, out of mind. Um, and anyways, by this time, they had ended up getting a phone and a call, and they actually ended up getting the paramedics in there um, to rescue him and pull him out. And he actually got airlifted out of there to the hospital. Luckily today, he is a-okay. Everything is fine. Was he, he maybe injured? just has a couple marks. He was definitely in the hospital for a couple weeks. He had, um, I guess he had some lacerations and some cuts and, uh, I'm, I'm not really quite sure, but he is totally cool as a cucumber today and he is totally fine. And it's merely just a story. Um, but at the time it was and just what about very... Mike's father. He wasn't injured. No, M Mike's father was the one who was in the cave. So he was injured. 
Oh, Mike was the one who was down though. there with the kids and the dog. Yeah. Oh, so it was the dad you. who had crawled up into this cave that he had gone into as a, as a child oh, growing up in the you. same okay. area. So he was the one who was injured. He had lacerations and stuff. So he, the father, gets airlifted out of there to the nearby hospital, and he ends up being okay. He's, you know, they cover him bandages and the doctors and everything. Now, the moral of the story. When was is, this, by the way? This was like six or seven years ago. This was a while ago. Yeah, this is quite a bit ago. Um, yeah, and I remember hearing about it. Everybody, it was, it was incredible. It was an incredible story. Um, but luckily, Mike's father ended up making it out totally like, He's fine now. Obviously, at the time he was injured and he had to go to the yeah. hospital and airlifted out of there. But today he is totally fine. Scars? Now, yeah, I, I'm assuming so. I'm assuming so. Definitely scars on his chest and cuts and things like that. The great part of the story, though, is that after all this chaoticness had ensued, um, Lydia ends up getting back with Adobo. And the boys had since come back and were picked up at the police station and had told the whole story of what had happened and Adobo's role and how he really scared away this bear, kind of got it to run away from the whole scene that they could get people in there to rescue Mike's father who was in the cave and right. to inevitably save the situation. So news, news, um, Channel 2 News or ABC News or someone comes to um, Lydia's house, actually her friend's house where she was at the night that this all happened. And they wanted an interview and they wanted to hear the story and everything. Um, so they actually ended up wanting to put Adobo, the dog at the time, on the broadcast, right? To say, hey, the, the, the Herodic uh, uh, dog, how he saved the day and he did all this uh, and he barked, scared away the bear and he, he's the hero. He is truly the hero. Dobo was the hero dog who saved the day for these boys. Put a cape on um, his ass. Absolutely. Yes. So Channel 2 News is getting all ready, and Lydia pulls the news lady aside and says that, um, you know, Adobo can appear on TV only under one condition. And that one condition is that you can, I'll tell you the whole story, how Adobo played into it and how he was the hero dog, only if you plug 11th hour animal rescue in your broadcast to have people chirp about it and talk about it because that is where she got Adobo from. So she really wanted to somewhat pay it forward that yes, he's the hero dog. You want to make an example out of my dog. You want to praise my dog for everything he did. Why don't you plug how I got him in the first place so that maybe people in the future could get their Adobo that maybe they could that find their cool. hero who would save their day because he's this amazing dog who did all this amazingness for us. And so he was a forward. rescue dog too. And he was a rescue dog, 11th hour rescue. It's a beautiful, um, you I know, I work with 11th hour. They're amazing. That's how Lydia got Adobo. That's actually how we got our dog, Bo. Um, and they're great. You know, they were very, very um, precise about doing background checks and making sure that everything checked out and making sure that Bo and Adobo both got neutered and everything that we had to do. They were very on top of us. So shout out to 11th Hour. You guys are the best. I've never met anyone personally, but the things I hear from them are absolutely flawless. So shout if you're thinking about a dog and you're thinking about adopting a dog, but I you know cannot... what? Let's shout out all the other animal rescues that do great work. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm not trying to highlight 11th hour. They're one of a dozen that are absolutely amazing. So yes, if you're thinking about adopting, definitely do your research, but 11th hour is phenomenal. And channel two news actually ended up telling Lydia that they can't guarantee plugging channel two news. So Lydia said, you know what? Fuck you then. And then she took Adobo and he wasn't on the TV broadcast and no one talked about it ever. Um, but the town actually at the next town hall, after this all had taken place, the mayor of the town actually invited Adobo down to the town hall meeting where they presented him with a medal and a plaque, uh, you know, granting him hero dog of the year of Boone Township. Like so Boone she Township, specifically, so Lydia specifically wanted not Adobo to be featured, but she wanted 11th hour to be featured onto the story. Right. 
because of because that's how she got Adobo to begin with. And so you I know think what that we're was, gonna do, Jordan? What are we gonna do? We're gonna do that for her. Wow. So we're gonna talk to our team, and we're gonna make sure that eleventh hour specifically. Now I'm not I'm not taking away any 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 benefits from all the other rescues because they all do great work. They're all yes, kind of like do. up there. God bless them mm -hmm. all. But in this specific case, because Lydia and Adobo were denied that privilege, we will officially use, we can't sponsor them, you know, because whatever, but we will highlight and showcase 11th hour on the posting of this specific podcast wow. episode. Wow. Wow. We will even post that it on their Facebook page. We will highlight them on every platform we possibly can. And uh, that's what we're going to do for Adobo, who saved the day. And we're also going to do that for Livia, Lydia, who tried to take away from uh, her own personal, um, what do you call it, from, you know, took away from her own personal um, expectations. And she wanted to do something beneficial. And God bless, that's awesome. And unfortunately, she was denied. So, you know, six years, seven years later, we're going to do that for her and for them. God bless Adobo. God bless Lydia. God bless uh, 11th Hour. God bless also all rescue organizations and of course thank god that this all worked out for the best absolutely no that is an amazing plug yes 11th hour is amazing um and i had to get that right but when lydia threw in that little detail at the end i, I was not uh um, sure but when i heard that she wanted to plug 11th hour just to get them the publicity that they need and, and deserve um because they're a great organization i was like wow like that is such an amazing part of the story yeah, i mean that 11th really hour really didn't do anything special about this but you know what the fact that they provided this dog to lydia and she wants to utilize that opportunity i think that's amazing and we're going to do that for her shout out lydia shout out adobo shout out everybody um yes absolutely 11th hour check them out yeah i mean listen that's 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 the beauty of dogs man heroics we throw that in the mix too what we are dogs too they're heroes Yes, they're heroes. Yes. And man. now, and now, Adobo, when he goes to eat every single day when he has his dinner, right above his food bowl is the plaque that says Adobo, uh, hero dog of Booton Township, and like twenty, you know, fourteen, you can't whatever go the wrong year with was. That, man. It's I mean, amazing. granted, he doesn't have a clue, nor does he give a shit. But no, hey. no, no, <laughs> <laughs> he has no idea. But, but it's all good. We're gonna, we're gonna, a fond we're gonna... memory in his owner's eyes, definitely. Exactly. And you yes. can't forget that memory. That's a freaking important. That's a huge, that's a great story, man. Yeah, it is crazy. Thank you for it's sharing a, it's a that wild, story. Wild Thank you for story. Lydia. Absolutely. Yeah. Shout out Lydia. I had to get her permission to share this story. Um, but well, yeah, thank no, you, Lydia, a, for sharing that story. That's amazing. Of course. Yes. Hero dog adobo. Adobo, man. Heroics, man. You know, adobo. it's funny because when, when we're talking about like heroics, you know, growing up, my whole thing, which is really it's it's funny how you talk about heroics and it just popped in my mind. Like this is this is this is why, like, you know, this whole dog journey, working with dogs and training people, because after all, it's about training people, not training dogs, because that's dogs right. already know what to do, man. That's right. I mean, no, did anybody train him how to do that shit? No, no, he did it on his own. He knew what he had to do to protect his pack and protect his family. Right. You know what I mean? We have to train people in order to make dogs happy and fulfilled and make them happy and make them whole and give them what it is that they want and need so that they could provide us what we want and need. That's why it's about training people, not training dogs. And you know, growing up my whole life, you know, being insecure and unsure and, and nervous and anxious and, and just, just being like shy and whatever, you know, I used to fantasize a lot and used to like watch, you know, shows and TV, sh TV shows and movies. And I used to like pretend that I was those characters. Like, I, you know, this was before your time, Jordan, but like the A-Team and Knight Rider, you know, those are like my two favorite TV shows. And then mo movies like, you know, like the Karate Kid and, you know, like old school Superman or like, as you know, Captain America, you know, be pretending 
fantasizing about being those characters, about being a hero to save the day is really, you know, what I used to want to be and what I wanted to do because I couldn't, I couldn't do it on my own. Like I wasn't that, you know, I was the victim all the time. You know what I mean? Right. Right. You know, I needed somebody to hero to be the hero for me. So I would try to make myself feel better by pretending that I was a hero type. And, you know, that whole vision of wanting to be a hero, wanting to save lives kind of thing materialized finally when I got involved with dogs, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. Because like, I can't tell you how many cases that I've, that I've worked with of dogs that have been in a position where they're going to get put down, you know, they're going to get returned. Um, or they're just suffering mentally and psychologically. And, you know, they've worked with other professionals. We won't get into that. We'll talk about that on another topic, another time, on another episode. Um, but, you know, I come in and all of a sudden, like, oh, this dog was about to get put down and now he's okay. And, and, and this dog was about to get returned and now he's okay. And this dog has been suffering and now he's okay. And so my ability to um, save lives working with dogs actually finally came, to tr- came true. You know, I mean, granted, it's saving um, dogs' lives as opposed to people's lives, like in the movies. But at the end of the day, like saving lives is saving lives. You know what I'm saying? Right. Definitely. But, but so it's funny. Did you I'm sorry, find inspiration from these people that you idolized from Kid the Night Rider and Karate Kid? Like, what, what were you getting the most from all these people that you were idolizing so much? I don't, I don't know if I was getting anything out of it as much as like my, my desire to want to help and, 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 and basically just to help, like to, to help people in general, like to help people, whatever it was to solve a problem, to better their lives, to whatever the case may be. Right. You know, like, yeah, it was was saving their lives and all that kind of shit, but it was really just helping people, which is what I love to do. I've always wanted to do that. And by doing this, it finally came true, even though, like I said, 99.9% of the time, it's saving the life of a dog, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm involved also with like, you know, the cat community. So it's saving lives of the animals that are in need is really, you know, it's kind of like being a super. That's why when I named the company Pac-Man to the rescue and I made the logo a superhero, it was because it was finally taking that fantasy and mm. make it in a reality, right? But it's funny because like, as much as I always talk about, you know, it's saving the life of a dog or life, saving the life of an animal. There was one specific case that I remember that actually was saving the life of a human. And it was a case that, um, of a lady who um, I call, I used to call the crazy lady because she was just, she, 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 she scared me at first. She was, she was used to call me at like all hours of the night, two, three, four o'clock in the morning. And she needed help. And to make a very long story short, she had a pit bull who was terrified. And this dog was terrified of everything, but especially of her upstairs neighbor who, when he would just walk, just casually walk across the, on the floor, she would cower and drool and just shake and not eat for days at a time. That's how terrible. And I'm not talking about like stomping. I'm talking about just casually just walk across the floor. And she was just like freaking out. I need help. I need help. I need help. You know, this dog is like this and this. And she would call me at all hours of the night. And I'm like, all right, you need to calm down. And then finally, when I met with her the first time and we spoke, I realized that she had some, you know, some problems. And one of the problems that she had for what, what, whatever took place in her life that kind of left her uh, traumatized was that she had something like PTSD of some sort, but she had like major psychological issues. 
and uh, whatever, you know, caused that stuff. Cause it was like experiences. It wasn't just like inborn. It was stuff that had happened to her that wow. made her be this way. Cool. She had tried to commit suicide seven times. Whoa. Yeah. And the last time was, I think like a month or two before, you know, we even met. So I kind of felt bad after I was like, yeah, this is the crazy lady, but you know, right, um, right. and then we met. And so we started working on her and her dog. And basically what, what we came to discover, which, you know, is common knowledge was that her nervousness and her, um, her fears were really were projecting onto her dog and her dog was just projecting those right back to her. Wow. So she was always fidgety and worried. And what she would do is she would always see the worst outcomes coming out of any situation. Again, what happened to her? I'm not sure, but whatever situation she was always in, she always saw the worst outcomes taking place. Even if it was something simple, it was just over dramatic. So I taught her what I call uh, TV therapy, which is basically like, you know, our minds work as a TV, right? We're watching images projected of a certain situation playing out, I'm sorry, a certain outcome playing out from a specific situation. So if you see an outcome playing out that's that's good, then you feel good. If you project an outcome, if the outcome is negative, then you're gonna feel bad about it. So dogs don't understand what's going on. They just know how you feel. Now, the images that you're seeing of, let's say like you're walking down the street and you get mugged and you see a guy coming towards you and you imagine this guy, you know, putting a knife to your throat and, you know, taking your wallet or whatever you're imagining. It's not real. It's fiction. It's just what the movie that's playing in your head. Right. right. But what you're feeling from that movie is real. You know what I'm saying? Mm, mm. So the dog, your dog is feeding off of that that projection like that's the outcome that you're that they're feeding off of so the reality is bullshit i'm sorry the image is bullshit but the feelings are real right and your dog is 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 is, is feeding off of that so that's what they're becoming because dogs are like our mirror they mirror what we feel right mm. so this dog is already was an insecure nervous dog and she functioned as this lady's uh, emotional support dog so this dog wasn't confident and stable enough to handle that job. Plus, you know, the human was just so like fragile that they were like two peas in a pod. They were like yeah. misery loves company kind of situation. Right, right, right. So again, I taught her to work on what I call TV therapy, which is as soon as you see these negative emotions, you're watching the horror channel, you change the channel to something else, the happy channel, the calm channel, the funny channel, whatever. Right. So the 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 outcome, the images you see playing out are creating a different emotion. Right. From right. bad to good. Right. And it changes the emotion also from bad to good. So now Whoa. your dog is feeding off of that. Ah, very makes interesting. Sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense. And now that took that takes time and takes practice. And I remember distinctly like this was just yesterday. In fact, it's going to bring tears to my eyes. But I remember when I went to, to meet with her, um, the, 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 you know, like, like when, when this started to like really come together and she greeted me at the door in such a way that she was smiling. She was just gleeful and uh, uh, joyful and happy and just like, like, like her emotions were just amazing. 
Yeah. And and she was like, you know, pat, 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 you know, that 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 whole that whole TV therapy thing at work, Link Sinai, I gotta tell you all about it. And she was like telling me all about this. She's like, my family's been been seeing me and, and they's like so they're so happy. And I look I look more confident. And by the way, you know, even uh I forget the dog's name, we'll call her Lucy. Uh Lucy has been great, even when when the guy's walking across and she's she's been calmer and I've been happier and I've been calm. In fact, my th- I remember this line so distinctly. In fact, my therapist said, you know, I need to fire you because you've done such a great job rehabilitating me and helping me through this trauma that you're going to put him out of business if you continue on this pace, <laughs> you know? And no, that was just like the beginning of it, but it was like just the evolution of the continuation of that, of that journey. Right. And she just was getting better and better and better. And uh, I don't know, you know, we, we lost touch. She used to keep me updated every once in a while and we lost touch, but um, she kept up with the TV therapy thing. And, you know, that's awesome. It would say in a life of a person who, you know, has mental issues, again, tried to commit suicide seven times. That's a big fucking right. deal, man. That's incredible. So, you know, through the human, again, through the human, we help the dog. So she called me to help her dog. But at the same token, we help her, which in turn, she helps her dog. And what beautiful relationship is that? And that must make it all worth it. It must be so fulfilling inside. You know, it's little moments like that, you know, where we all can get down, um, you know, but when you help someone else quite in that fashion uh, that you had painted, it makes it all worth it. It makes you slow down and appreciate uh, the simple things. It's uh, one of the great things about dogs, man, because people want to help their dogs who has, it's not about the bad behaviors, you know, the jumping and the biting or that's, it's more like when a dog, and these are the cases that I really love is when a dog is mentally, um, suffering. And I say this all the time, like God bless the rescues. Like we talked about 11th hour, they save the body of the dog and God bless them for doing all that stuff. But oftentimes like dogs are still like mentally suffering. They're mm. mentally in pain. And sometimes if not most of the time, mental slash emotional pain is worse than physical pain. So yeah, we're saving the body and God bless those rescue because they're doing that part. But what I love to do, why Pac-Man to the rescue is so important is because we save the brain, we save the mind, we save the emotion. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we make them whole on the emotional side. And this kind of case is something that's like, this dog was not misbehaving. This dog was not causing any trouble. This dog was suffering. Right. So here's this lady who's also suffering. And she's like, I need help to help my dog not suffer. But when we fix the source of the suffering, we also fix a person that who's suffering as well. We're fixing both. Right. You know, so it's just it's a it's a beautiful thing. So that's why it's so important to focus on training people, not training dogs, because if you do that, you say Mm. both, man. Mm. Wow. What a great way to circle it back. And just like you say all the time, we're training people. We're not training the dogs. Um, but yeah, no, when, when you say it like that for a story like that, it makes complete sense. If you were unsure why he says that all the time, um, you know, it's, it's very important to work with the person, um, you know, than it is to, like you said, it's, it's like a movie, right? It's like, you're either trying to fix a mirror, right? That's just like only going to reflect the movie right back to you, or you're going to fix the movie itself so that, you know, when that mirror does become fixed, that everything works in symmetry. Um, Beautiful word, Jordan. So that is that just blows my mind how you brought it right back to the beginning there with that 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 really drives home the importance here of working with people and not the dogs 
Um, that's awesome. What an and amazing ties, story. And it ties in with the heroics, Jordan, of Italy yeah. winning the world, the uh, the European National Championship or whatever that's wow. called. Forza Italia, yay! Wow. And we that talked about rice awesome. balls. You know, we were like all over the place as always. We talked spayed and neutered. We talked heroes. We talked Italy. Um, that was an amazing story. That's going to sit with me for a while. You know, when you hear something or, you know, you read something and it kind of sits with you for a couple of days and you'll just be at a coffee shop and you'll think of it again. I'm going to think of that story that you just shared with me. It's going to stick with me for a little bit. Now, that was awesome. So you share thank some you good for, stories, Ben. Thank you for sharing that story with me. Um, and that was an amazing one. And if you're listening to this podcast, it's your first time here um, and you haven't liked or subscribed yet, what are you doing? Uh, get down there, subscribe, like. If you're on YouTube and you, if you're not on YouTube and you want to see us on YouTube, then get to YouTube and check out these lovely faces here. Uh, like and subscribe over there on YouTube. Um, yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? Huh? <laughs> what are you doing? Well, listen, guys, it comes to a close as uh, all good things come to an end. It's the end of this particular episode. My man, Jordan, thank you for joining. I had fun. You are the man. Guys, if you have any questions for myself, dog related or whatever related, you have any questions with Jordan, you want to know about Jordan, yeah. let us know. Hit us yeah. up. Jordan will be on more podcasts, Don't You Worry. Woo. And uh, guys, thank you for joining Barking for Balance on this episode, the special episode. Jordan, thank you as well. Anything oh, else you want to close out with? Yeah, Pat, no, I just want to thank you again uh, for having me on. It's an absolute treat to sit here and talk with you and talk all things dogs and all things people. Uh, I like talking people. You like talking dogs. And we get along really well with that relationship. Fist it uh, up, and baby. guys, like we say always, we train the people and we do not train the dogs. If you're a dog and you're listening, we'll get off because we need to train the people so that <laughs> then they can train you. Okay, this is not a podcast for dogs. This is a podcast for the people who like dogs and want to learn more things about dogs. Okay, so thanks for sticking around. We had a lot of good fun from my friend, Pat Burda, Jordan Kern. Signing off. Until next time, guys. Thanks so much. I am Pat the Pac-Man. You heard the man. Catch you guys next time on Barking for Balance. Peace out.